Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Be the best and you got to pay a little price. If you want it bad enough, you got to do a little extra things to get it. Welcome to the 11 Personnel Podcast, your favorite Rams podcast. I'm your host, Jordan Rodriguez, and with me today for a very special bonus episode, my fabulous co-host, Bobby Wagner, Rams inside linebacker and team captain. Bobby, how are we doing? We're doing good. How are you? Good. Thanks for being on today. And I wanted to, um, first and foremost, shout out Bud Light, as I hear you've partnered with them to give away a game worn and signed jersey to a fan Tickets to the Christmas Day game. Are you kidding? That's quite a gift. And people can nominate their fan of choice, 21 and older, uh, for a chance to win Bud Light's perfect present by tweeting hashtag Bud Light President Bud Light and tag the handle of who you're nominating. And like that leads me to ask, do you remember your first jersey you ever got? Wow, that is a great question. Um, The first jersey that I ever had probably was either Sherm or KJ, as far as like when I got into the league. Before that, um, probably a Kobe jersey, uh, a Kobe jersey, or um, an Allen Iverson jersey. Allen, that's a good jersey. I had his shoes. Um, I was a really terrible point guard, and I had his shoes, and I thought they made me a little bit better. They didn't, but, you know, it's a thought that counts. (laughs) That's all good. Do you remember the first, uh, you know, what, what, like the Sherm jersey and the KJ jersey? That's really special, right? Because those are ones you keep forever. Do you have like a sort of a setup that you have preserved them in, or do you just kind of keep them around, or, or how do you kind of set up those those mementos that you've kept over your career? Um, I'm actually in the process of getting them um, hung up, and I'm trying to find a place for them in my house. But yeah, I kind of I've been fortunate enough to to you know have some cool friends. Um, that I play with. And so um, I got a lot of jerseys I can put up. Are, are you at the place in your career now where it's like you're getting DMs from young players? Not that you're not a young player. I know we go over this a lot. <laughs> <laughs> um, I know, you know, are you getting DMs every week? Like, hey, man, can I get your jersey after this game? And how do you kind of choose who gets your jersey and if you get a multiple requests? Nah, funny enough, like people, I think sometimes like people are afraid to ask <laughs> um, but I think too, like I have a relationship with most, like mostly people on a, on different teams, and so you know I kind of have an idea of like who I exchange jersey with prior to the game or things like that. But you know I'm always looking for like young linebackers that are that are coming up that I feel like are, are really cool to connect with and things of that nature. So um, I, w- I would probably say that because I think you know the linebacker is a position that people oftentimes overlook. So you know I like to show my love in the, in the way that I can. I was going to say, I don't think there are many running backs uh, or tight ends that are asking you for your jersey after a game in which you're playing them. Um, the pain is too fresh at that point. <laughs> so. Yeah, I think so, for sure. <laughs> what about some of these young linebackers, Bobby? I mean, I know you kind of keep it one eye. You're, you're 
immersed in the season right now, but you kind of keep one eye on the rest of the league as well. Is there anybody who's kind of popping in your mind that you know you think maybe they got a, a an exciting future ahead of them? Uh, I mean, there's so many. I mm-hmm. mean, what is what is old or young compared to myself? Um, so all old I, compared to you. I've learned. I've learned yeah, my lesson I mean, now. <laughs> so I, I don't know exactly. Like I'm, I'm pretty sure I'm going to miss some people, but. Um, I'll start with my my fellow teammate with Ernest. I'm always always enjoy watching Ernest play. Um, but Fred's one, Nick Bolton is one, uh, Patrick Queen, Roquan Smith, um, uh, Zaire Franklin is another one. Um, there's so many uh, special linebackers, and if they hear this or and people I forgot, like please don't feel feel offended, but there's there's a lot of got people I can mention. You won't see a a tweet from like an aggregation site out there saying Bobby doesn't like this linebacker. Bobby doesn't. <laughs> yeah, I, <laughs> hope, I hope not. I'm a fan. I'm a fan of of a lot of just young linebackers. I think there's a lot of amazing young linebackers coming up. Well, I wanted to ask you about Ernest because it's been really cool to watch you guys' friendship and and mentorship grow. Um, and it feels like it's it's mutual in a in a way because you're always trying to learn and, and grow in, in your game as well, even as you're at the top of yours. Um what have you learned about Ernest over this year? And kind of how would you describe his personality? Um, I think he's fun, energetic, like he's a like someone that just brings the best out of you and brings like positivity out of you because he's always smiling, he's always um, you know, looking around to learn. So it's it's been a dope energy to be around. But I mean, you know, the play I think speaks for itself. He's he's a really, really good player. Um, you know, I think he had an amazing pick last week and it's just fun. His energy is contagious. So every time he's out there on the field, like, you know, you can feel the team just feeding off his energy. Yeah. He told me once, even actually before you joined the team, he told me during his rookie season that he really tries to model a specific part of his game after yours, which is how spatially aware and spatially present uh, a person is just kind of knowing where to flow and when to flow. And it's, is that something that's learned or can you also teach that? Um, I think you can do both. You can learn it and you can teach it. Um, sometimes like there's not, sometimes you can't, there's not words that you can teach. It's more like you just have to see it. So sometimes it's like, even at practice, like he'll see something that I, I do and it asks a question that I try to explain, explain what I was thinking or what made me, you know, kind of have that movement. But, you know, a lot of times it's just visual. Like I, I remember watching like Navarro Bowman um, and he would do this thing with his shoulders um, when he took like what he would act like he was taking on a fullback and then he would almost like disappear the way he rotated his shoulders and then made a tackle in the backfield. And so I remember asking him one time, like what he was thinking or what was his thought process. And I think that's, I started trying to implement that in my game as well. Yeah. It's interesting. He told me, um, he told me once that after one of the things he learned from you was um, like studying the way people are built, right. Based on position, but even, like where they, where you can use your own leverage against certain maybe softer spots in their leverage. And, you know, as someone on the outside to get that technical and that detailed in 
you know, how to shed blockers and how to beat guys like that just to me is, is so fascinating. And for him to be, I mean, he just lights up over the details as, as I know you see every day. Yeah, for sure. I mean, I, I look up to Kobe and Kobe made a whole, um, whole TV show based on the details. And so I, I feel like, um, you know, I kind of look up to Kobe from that aspect and that the way he, you know, processed the game. And so, I feel like a lot of it is is that. I got to ask too about the moment. Last question about Ernest. So I saw him put a, a little crown on on your head um, after one of the big plays you made against uh-huh. Seattle. Uh, what what was that moment like? And obviously those things are not pre planned. But um, wh- when you went back and watched that, what was your reaction to that? I just was laughing because he's he's done it a couple <laughs> times this year, um, and I just think it's it's funny. It's it's a dope moment and. Like they got a, a dope picture of it as well. So like I think it's just those are just the fun moments that you look back on and you're just like, man, like um, you know, you were happy to be able to to play with somebody like that. Is that something that you're kind of thinking about now too? Because obviously the season has not gone the way that any Rams fan or any player or any coach thought that it was going to go. It's kind of been like a perfect storm of coincidence and injury and so those small moments, how much more important do those types of things, really being in it together, bonding with with teammates, um, holding everybody together, but also cherishing those small moments that are a little bit more emotionally impactful. Has that has that become um, something that's been at the forefront of your mind? I mean, I don't know. I'm always a present person, so I don't know if I like it's at the forefront of my mind, but I think it is big because, you know, um, you know, it's my first year, so you know, whether it was going to be a great season or whatever the case may be, like, you know, you were going to go through some things with, with people and, and those things would either push you apart or bring you closer together. And so I think that's been my focus is making sure, regardless of the outcome, regardless of how the season is going, and make sure these moments, they bring us closer together than further apart. I want to get back to that because you mentioned, you said something the other day in your press conference that, I thought was really striking, but I want to go micro here for a minute because I was doing a, a, a query on our analytics site, True Media, um, yesterday as, as prep. And like already the, the five day stats for the last two games that you played are insane. You know, 21 tackles, two sacks, interception, three quarterback hits. Um, and you obviously crossed the hundred tackle threshold and, you know, you, you know, you get the longest, second longest streak in history of a hundred straight tackle seasons. All of those things are like, that's fine. Right. That's good. Um, but to do what you did over a five day span, you hear all the time about how it's so hard to prepare for those short weeks mentally, but especially physically, I'm kind of wondering if you could shed some light on just you, the, the impact there of preparing for a Sunday, then a Thursday, but then, I guess the oversimplified question is how in the hell did you do that? Um, I just feel like there's certain things you just know that you know what you got to do to get your body to bounce back. And there's certain things that you might not be able to squeeze in. So I think that's like, that's to me, like the biggest thing is like understanding that, like for me, like I have a short week and I have a routine that I go through the whole week and some of that's going to have to be sacrificed. And so, you know, it was just trying to figure out how can I fit everything that I would normally do in seven days into four or three or whatever many days we had to get ready. And so, um, yeah, I felt like I, I was able to get everything in. I even did 
um, yoga the day before the game. And so, um, you know, that was dope. And then there's some other things that just, you know, you didn't expect to happen. So I, I live in a condo and um, I walked across the street to get a smoothie and I came back. They were doing a fire drill. And so I had to go up. <laughs> I had to go up 18 flights of steps to get to my my unit before the game, which is not hard or not easy. So there's so many different variables, but I think a lot of it is just mentally getting yourself prepared and then also just doing the things that you can do um, to get right. Because at the end of the day, like regardless of what you do, regardless of the situation, um, if your mental is right, then, you know, nine times out of 10, it, it works out in your favor. This was before you had to walk up 18 flights of stairs before the Raiders game. Before the game, yep. And then you finished with 14 tackles. So I feel like now you have to walk up 18 flights of stairs before every game. I don't know if I'm going to put that in my routine. So we're going <laughs> to figure out a different way to, to, to get that high of a tackle score for sure. Well, tell me about the yoga, though, because first of all, I'm curious about where the most random place you've ever like done yoga because you have to stay on a routine, right? So, you know, you hear about people who do it, like you see people actually, especially in LA, they do it in the airport stuff like that. I assume you've never gone quite that far, but I'm wondering kind of like how that fits into your routine and when you pick that up and, and what that practice is like for you. Yeah. I'm, I'm not that extreme. I'm not, I'm not doing yoga in, in the uh, airport, but um, no, I mean, you know, especially in LA, LA, everybody loves yoga in LA. So there's like a yoga, yoga is kind of like, like Starbucks. Um, there's like a <laughs> yoga shop. There's a yoga shop every five blocks. And so there's a there's one down the street from where I live, and so I just popped in real quick and took a class. But no, nah, it's it's nice. It's it's a way to be present, way to make sure you stretch and you know build your core. And so I think it's it's perfect for 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 the game that I play. You mentioned too at one point this season that when you first started doing practices like that and inclusive of meditation as well, at first your brain was going like a million miles an hour, and you're like reminding yourself to to zone back in what was that process like um i think it was it's a learning process i think it's just like everybody has an idea of what yoga or meditation or things is supposed to be like and if it doesn't go right the first time like you suck at it but it's not the case it's just like anything else in life just keep doing it and like figuring it out and um you know slow your mind down um, and be more present and pay attention to things that you may not pay attention to when you're just moving so quick. With Kizik Hands Free Shoes, motion sounds something like this. Kizik helps you experience the magic of motion. With over 200 patents and easy on, easy off technology, you'll never have to touch your shoes again. There are hundreds of styles and colors, plus a squish like nothing you've ever felt. For a limited time, get a free pair of socks with your first order at kizik.com slash socks. I feel like I, you know, I, I've asked you this all the time, especially, you know, as this season has progressed, but continuing to strain in the way that you guys have strained to just like show up. Um, you know, Sean McVay's talked a lot about how much he's learned from you in that regard of trying to be present even when things aren't necessarily going right. And I think when when I look over, you know, your body of work this season, I especially see that in the way that you continue to finish tackles, in the way that you make stops on third or fourth down. I'm sure you were aware of this, but you're first among 
any player your position in run stuffs and you're also tied for first in you know any stop on third or fourth down run or pass um, in terms of solo plays and to me that that says effort that says you're going to keep showing up regardless of the circumstances am i am i off base there and, and where does that come from for you um i think it's just the mentality of just the standard being the standard and not letting anything that's uh, happening around or the results because uh, i mean you want to have results but at the end of the day you want to um, you know, put your best foot forward. So I, I feel like regardless of how the outcome comes or the, regardless of like, um, you know, the season's going, um, you know, my film is my resume and um, my standard is my standard. And so every game that I step out there, um, I try to perform to the highest level. And, um, you know, I think that's where that comes from, just – wanting to be the example of not only when things were going good, but, you know, in this situation when things are going bad, that, you know, you still got the best version of Bobby that he could possibly give. And I guess to me, it seems like that would be a, a complicated line to walk because, you know, there's an, a lead by example mentality to it, but then there are times when you do have to reach back in and grab somebody and pull them along with you or do it in a subtle way where maybe sometimes, you know, all kinds of leadership sh styles that we've talked about. So I guess, how do you, how do you strike that balance um, among your teammates? Because every week it seems like I hear something about a book recommendation you've made to a, a younger teammate or a way that you've sort of reached across the, the, the proverbial uh, line of scrimmage and helped an offensive player. And, and I, I guess I'm wondering, how do you know when to do that? And, what are some moments that have stuck out to you in that regard this season? Um, honestly, I don't. I don't. I just, that's all God, to be honest. Like, whatever is on my heart, I just say it. And whatever is on my heart to do, I just do it. And so I don't really – I can't really take all the credit. I think that's – you know, that that ability is higher than myself. Um, but, you know, yeah, you just try to be a beacon of light and encourage people around you and – you know, a lot of times people perform better when they're seen. And so, you know, you provide, you know, you understand that, that everybody's going through something. Um, everybody's going through something. Everybody's having hardship. Everybody is, is dealing with something. And, you know, when you feel that you're not doing this by yourself, um, it's easier to perform and give it your all for the person that sees you. It kind of reminds me of something you said too a couple of weeks ago where you said you can either way the tools are in your hand you can build something from this for the positive or you can build something from this for the negative and to me that translates for you in your professional life and in your you know your entrepreneurial life and in your your charitable life um you're always progressing towards something whether it's a lesson to learn or uh, a lesson um, you know, to build from or to, to, you know, to seek out some new opportunity. Um, what, what are some things that you're involved in right now, Bobby, as you're, we head into the holiday season or even beyond that, that you're excited about either from a entrepreneurial side or, um, you know, I, I know you've gotten the, some of the STEM programming in LA and you've continued it in Seattle. Um, wonder if you could shed some light on a couple of things you're fired up about. Um, I think one of the biggest things that I'm fired up about is these text tours that we've been doing. Um, you know, I, I did one in San Francisco and then we got so much love from LA, then we did it in LA and now we're getting so much love for, from Seattle that, you know, I feel like, you know, we can really 
continue to grow this and, you know, do it big in Seattle and then see what happens from there. Obviously, we can do it again in the places that we've been. But I think that's pretty dope because I feel like we're giving people um, an opportunity that they normally wouldn't have. But we're also like hopefully inspiring uh, young people to uh, open their minds up to just something other than sports and entertainment and um, you know, hopefully one of these days, like 10 years from now, uh, one of these kids opened up the next big business and it stemmed from, you know, a conversation that they had with a CEO that they wouldn't have been able to get a chance to have a conversation with. So um, I think that'd be one of the biggest moments when, you know, you help somebody create jobs for other people. And they'll reach back out to you and they'll thank you. And then somehow you will still be playing inside linebacker um, for in the NFL. But I kind of wondered about this before I let you go, Bobby. And, and um, thanks for your time today. At some point, you know, you build enough of this programming out and these kids, they all get to know each other and these young people start to know each other. And then they meet other young people from different places and you almost start to build like an alumni support system. Right. And I'm wondering if you've thought about that too, about that sense of, of building a community where people are exploring and, and how impactful that could be for a young person. Um, yeah, I mean, I think it, it happened to me. Like I, I was, I mean, I was, um, I think I was like 23, uh, when I went on the, my first tech tour and, and, you know, had conversations, met so many different people. And now I'm doing some business with the people that I met, you know, when I was 23 and still doing business with those, um, the people that I met, like they still send me deals and things of that nature. And so hopefully, um, you know, we're inspiring doing the same thing, creating a community of people that just lean in on one another and, you know, look more like the world and um, change the dynamic in which it's more equal and equal opportunity for, um, you know, for the people that, that, that exist in this, in this world. Awesome. Bobby, thank you so much for your time today. Thanks for joining this very special bonus episode of 11 Personnel. Thanks to Bud Light for facilitating. And don't forget, you guys can go tag your nominee and tag Bud Light in the handle. Thanks so much, Bobby. We'll catch you uh, later this week. I guess I'll see you tomorrow. (laughs) Thank you. Appreciate it. Okay, guys, that was the great Bobby Wagner. Thanks again, Bobby, for taking the time um, with us today for this bonus episode. I love when stuff like that comes together because you get to hear the player outside of work, outside of the facility, outside of the the press conference and the lectern and the locker room and and really get to hear them. That is crazy that he had to go up 18 flights of stairs after getting a smoothie because his condo was having a fire drill. Guys, I think as humans, we've all been there. A fire drill in the worst possible time uh to me right before you're about to play the las vegas raiders on thursday night football certainly qualifies as the worst possible time you know those are the types of tidbits and details that i love personally so um i wish you guys could have seen my face when that was when that story was being told um wanted to run down the news really quick again we are in a bonus episode rich and i will be back on tuesday after the rams head to green bay to take on the packers and you might see Baker Mayfield starting at quarterback on Monday night against the Packers. And that was sort of the indication that Sean McVay said on Tuesday, John Walford is probably out with a neck injury. He certainly will not be likely to practice this week. The Rams official practices start this week on Thursday. They'll practice Thursday, Friday, Saturday. 
have a walk through Sunday, then travel on Monday. Maybe no pre-busload uh, walkthroughs this time, like there were last Thursday, as Baker Mayfield was just in town for about 40 hours before he led a 98-yard touchdown drive with a minute 45 to play to help the Rams beat the Raiders 17-16 in his debut. And a couple of other injuries. Um, Jacob Harris went on injured reserve. He tore his pec on a special teams play. That's a bummer, I think, for Rams fans. They've been sort of waiting for Jacob with all of his, you know, physical tools and, and you know, kind of want to, will to, and, and his pros on special teams, really hoping for him to break out as someone who could really be um, a, a weapon in this offense. And it just has not happened yet. But, you know, especially with fourth round picks and later, you want to give him a little bit of time. So the Rams also claimed defensive tackle Laurel Murchison, Murchison, excuse me, Laurel Murchison off waivers from the Titans. Had a couple of claims placed on him, actually, including the Seahawks, who are having a lot of trouble uh, stopping the run. The Rams are still fourth in run DVOA, even without Aaron Donald and even without Ashawn Robinson. But Marquise Copeland does have a high ankle sprain, so probably why you're seeing a little bit of backups and reinforcements called in in that regard. Um, In other news, Sean McVay officially slash sort of walked back, (laughs) ruled out Cooper Cup for the rest of the season. Um, Cooper Cup had the high ankle sprain, and there was no formal ruling out, a formal shutting down of him for the rest of the season, the way that the, the Rams did with Matthew Stafford. Seeing Cooper Cup and how excited he was on the sideline last week when Baker Mayfield went on that touchdown drive, that that game-winning drive, to me was a little bit of an interesting uh, dynamic because you think that you know a guy like Cooper is really itching Jonesing to to be back out on the field, have the successful surgery, but the Rams sound like they're going to be pretty careful with him for his return, and. Aaron Donald has not officially been shut down in other news. This is totally setting up to be like, oh yeah, Aaron Donald plays one more game this season. It's against the Chargers. Like this is that vibe that's setting up right now. So we'll kind of see how that goes. But um, it's been interesting because it is, like I said, it's the same injury that Cooper Cup had, a high ankle sprain. Obviously there's varying degrees of severity. Aaron Donald did not have a procedure. Cooper Cup did. He had the tightrope procedure, which is, um, you know, an enthusiast, sort of a, been enthusiastically received by medical professionals over the last five years or so and is one of those where if the Rams were in contention, a tightrope procedure would indicate that a, a player could come back uh, quickly, maybe maybe more quickly than, than expected, but I think they're going to be careful with Cooper. Meanwhile, did not shut Aaron Donald down, which I find interesting. And in terms of other news, a couple practice squad guys, Khalil Davis, a defensive lineman, and Richard LeCount, both signed to the practice squad. Guys, it's going to be a, an interesting week, and it's going to be crazy on Monday night football in the cold, looking like two degrees at kickoff. Um, Tyler Higby said this week that he's got a no-sleeves policy. I wonder if you might reconsider after the first uh, the first bite of that weather out there in, in, uh, at Lambeau Field. I will be there, and like I said, Rich Hammond and I will be back on Tuesday to recap the game and talk about what's ahead. In the meantime, go check out my column on theathletic.com. You're going to see a trending up and trending down, and it's not just inclusive to players. And um, it's a, a fun little, uh, I guess, a tease to, to leave you guys with before I sign out. But as always, guys, hope you're taking care of yourselves. Hope you're taking care of each other. The, again, this was a special bonus episode of the 11 Personnel Podcast, and we'll catch you next time. <laughs>